welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Comedy. Today, I have one of my ultra-comedy family, Dan McKenna, my scouse friend. He has honestly been absolutely tearing it up in the comedy world, and in my opinion, he is definitely one to look out for. We had a brilliant discussion about how you have to humble yourself in comedy, how people in comedy aren't necessarily the popular people, and it was just such a great chat. Here's the interview. Explain to me where you are with your comedy right now. Where am I with my comedy right now? Um, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm trying to get out there as much as possible. Um, mm -hmm. I try and do like three, maybe four nights a week. Not on the weekends, though. Like, um, I don't want to, like, if I started doing the weekends and then, like, my girlfriend was like, well, you're not spending any time with me. So, um, yeah, so I've been doing three or four nights a week. Um, I'm doing okay, yeah. I've got that competition coming up. Um, so you think you're funny, but honestly, I don't expect to get through any rounds in that, but it'll be fun. But I'm starting to get, like, more and more, like, I don't know, better gigs and stuff. Um, people are, mm. ask, are, like, specifically asking me to do them. Um, I haven't been paid for a gig yet, which is annoying. I, I got offered <laughs> one, but I was, I was away in Liverpool, so I couldn't accept it. Um, oh, gutted. Yeah, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. It part of me was like, oh, I'm gutted. Then part of me was like, oh, it's nice that they even asked, you know. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to believe that what we started five months ago. Because um, my personality is like, I want to do this. I want to be great at it. I want to do this. And then you've got to be like, okay, so like, you know, relax. It's five months kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you see these people who are doing like amazing stuff and you're like, I want to be that. And you're like, wait, no, they, they've been doing it 10 years for the last. <laughs> yeah very true nice to humble yourself a little bit <laughs> yeah it's also just like it's nice to look back and be like actually you know even if if i feel like i'm doing well you're like actually like being five months like even if because then if i have a bad gig i have to look on it and be like it's only been five months so i think it's only fair that if i have a good gig i'll be like oh it's only five months you know um mm. i think yeah it's important to not get like too up or too down and it's it's harder when it's down actually, like because when 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 you've had a good gig, you can be like, oh cool, like oh, it's fine. Um, that was good. I I I usually do good gigs anyway, it's fine. And then, <laughs> but if it's a but if it's a bad gig, I, I had a couple in a row, and I was just like, what am I doing this for? Like it was three nights in a row. You're like, this is terrible. What's the point? Like what am I doing? Yeah, why am I doing this? I could have, I could be at home like doing nothing. I don't know. But um, but yeah, sorry, started tracking the question, but. Um, yeah, um, I'm really pleased with my comedy at the minute. Um, yeah, like I say, it always can be better and everything, but um, it feels like I'm going in the right direction. But, that's yeah. good. That's a good sign. If you've got that feeling, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when is when so you think you're funny? When are you doing that? Um, that is Wednesday. Um, so uh, yeah, it'll be Wednesday. Uh, I had a look at the lineup of the people I'm on with. And it doesn't matter because everyone in that lineup could get through the way it were. But I'm on yeah. with people like Emma, Cor Emma Corbett, who's insane. Uh, yep. I'm on with um, Coburn Millage, who's insane. And I think Charlie Ashton, who was like, just murdering it at the minute. So um, <laughs> I'm hoping that they like whip up the crowd enough so I can like be like, I can look better. But um, yeah, it's a bit intimidating, but you know, it's, it's a competition. And, and, and at the same time, I when we first started, I was like, okay, this competition means loads. I need to, I need to do well in this competition. 
but the more you do comedy and stuff, you're actually, well, no, just another competition. Like, obviously, it's great yeah. to do well, but um, th- th- who was it? And this is going to sound really prestigious. There's a comedian, and I think it's Stuart Goldsmith from Comedian's Comedian Podcast or whatever. He says, and he's out of quote from someone else where he says it. He says, comedy is a, is a, he says something like, it's a dance, not a race. Um, I thought that's quite nice. So I'll console myself mm. with that when I don't get through the competition. That's what, that's what I mean. I like that. It's a dance, not a race. Yeah, yeah I suppose, it's something like that. You know, as you keep saying, you're five months in, you know, the be all and end all can't be this one competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just pack it in. Be like, straight away, I didn't get to on this, on this um, quote unquote <laughs> new, new person's competition. And now I'm uh, give it up. Like, yeah, probably doing that. <laughs> I do that with everything else. What I uh, I have, I get like hyperfixation on stuff. I don't have like ADHD or anything, but I do like hyperfixate on certain media things. Like, so uh, I used to paint a lot, and then I stopped that, and then I do, did photography, and I, I I did my masters in screenwriting, and I used to beat myself up about like leaving them alone. But I realized I always come back to them. Um. Mm. Well, comedies like really remain quite constant, and I think it's because um, you can't just do it on your own. You ha- it has to be like a social thing, and then you- so people are like, "Oh, are you out? Are you gigging tonight? Like, when are you next on?" So, so you kind of have that uh, push along. Otherwise, maybe I would have just been like, "Oh, I'll go back to I don't know. I'll go to Will something." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what interested you in comedy in the first place? Um. I'd like to be like, oh, you know, I was always a funny one in school and stuff, but I, I mean, I, I I wasn't because I wasn't popular enough for that. Like, maybe I was funny with all my friends, but everyone else was funny in my little group as well. We were all, like, little outcasts on it, like the little nerdy emo kids. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Honestly, like, it's always something I said I want to do at least once. And then I got, I was quite drunk one night and my sister sent me the link for the ultra charity event that, that me and yourself did uh and she shanghaied me into it so i signed up and then the next morning i got an email saying oh you're all signed up and i was like oh well that's gotta happen <laughs> now um and to be honest like it's, it's just always something i wanted to try i always had an issue that oh, i'm trying not to sound like big-headed but i always felt like i might be all right at it like so um yeah it's kind of something i've always wanted to do and it's a little bit like it's a little bit centre of attention as well. Not even not in like a way I'm gonna dominate the conversation or anything, but it's like an appropriate time for it to be a centre of attention. So I, I get like quite mm. a I always get quite a big like dopamine hit after being on stage and Even if it goes badly, it's kinda of like, well, you know, that was up there. Um so I guess there's sort of inside me, which is kinda of like be the centre of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, um, and then I, I obviously, like, I, I always grew up, I always grew up, I grew up watching, like, lots of, not, honestly, not stand-ups, but, um, like, comedic films and stuff. Um, yeah, that was, that was my go-to all the time, like, dark comedy. Even when I was doing my master's in screenwriting and stuff, I was trying to write, like, dark comedy type, like, down-to-earth, but, like, funny thing. So I think maybe it's just always been in my bones a little bit. And, um... Mm. And I think as well, it comes from, I don't like the, well, I like the Bangalore drum a lot. I think being from a very working class area, a very poor area, um, you kind of have it in you anyway, like if you don't laugh at stuff, you'll cry. So kind of always yeah. been a, a gall- it's gallows human, isn't it? You laugh at everything. And I was always thought, well, 
that's great. And then when stuff happens in my life, I always try and make jokes about it. So it's like, if you can laugh at something, you can take away its power. That's what I was always told. So if you can joke about anything. It, it just has to come from the right place. But if you can laugh about something, you take away whatever the dark cloud is that might be hanging over. So I've always liked to do that for other people. Um, mm. You know, so I think maybe there's that as well. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. Like if we're in a group <laughs> uh, or a party or stuff, and I'm the person's making sure everyone's okay and having a good time and stuff, you know. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> pick out, pick, pick, pick that what you want, but like, <laughs> like yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, being a people pleaser is something that comes up quite a lot when you talk to comedians, and it, you just want everyone to be having a great time. So you, you know, if if someone hasn't found you funny, you'll make it your mission to find to to make them laugh. <laughs> like that's yeah. how I fi- feel anyway. Yeah, no, it's an inclusion thing as well. I think because if everyone's laughing, everyone's in on it. And I've always been like, I can take the the. Like the make out of myself. I didn't know want to swear then. I didn't want to swear. Um, and I think that, you know, the out of myself, uh, as long as other people are laughing at as long as it's on my hands, like that's fine. Like I, I, I don't mind being the butt of the joke. And it, you know, I've always kind of done that as well. So it is an occlusion thing. Like I, like I, I was, like I say, when I was in school and stuff, I was kind of like on the outside a little bit. And I remember how shitty that can feel or how bad that can feel. Um, so like you, Growing up, you kind of like, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. And then maybe that's where it, maybe that's where it kind of comes from. Very possibly. Yeah, that's certainly where I think it comes from. For me, very similar thing. Always the outcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I was the but, funny one at school. Oh, nice. <laughs> at least I well, you were, so. you were, you will actually find that with it, like you say yourself, when you speak to a lot of comedians, that there is like, not like the most uber popular kids that were ever, ever, ever around. Do you know what I mean? I think if you, if you speak to them honestly, they'll be like not like slightly not like completely like out out of the way like in school but you know just on the fringe just kind of like mm-hmm. oh like i'm kind of in between i like i'm an outcast almost but like I, i'm still there or thereabouts like you know what i mean so you, you kind of like looking in at the whole time you kind of i think that's yeah. where, you, where you can get comedy from because you're like some of the stuff they're doing is ridiculous you know what i mean like why why are they paint themselves orange i don't get it like why are they like <laughs> i don't I, I don't understand um yeah, so maybe it is that. But you will find that, I think, with a lot of comedians, like, not everyone is. And, you know, some of them might think, what is he talking about? I am dead popular. And you might be you might be right, but, like, <laughs> deep down, I think maybe they they win. But maybe I've just offended loads of people, who know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times about taking comedy from real-life experiences. How do you find turning that into comedy writing do you find that quite a difficult process not really no because it's a lot of the stuff i will joke about is stuff i already dealt with anyway like um mm. people say oh you know comedy therapy not so much for me i think i think i've already had the, the quote-unquote therapy of like going through it and stuff you know and and then and then dealing with it in my own way so i don't mind like go, talking about stuff on stage like you know and there's jokes about my mom and everything about my mom passed and and I, I, in my most recent, like, new material stuff, I did more stuff about the, my mum and dad passing away. And, it, like, we don't know how it's going to go with people, but I think as long as, as long as I can be like, oh, I know I'm okay with it, um, it's fine. But to answer your question properly, I, I don't find it difficult at all. I don't, I don't find it difficult at all. I don't, because 
I've dealt with it. I know it's another part of my life. And I always think, whilst it's not really you when you're on stage, like I always, someone said to me, it's you, but like stand up to 11. So it's like a character of you. Um, yeah. Um, whilst, whilst, whilst it's like technically you, but it isn't like, it's, I don't know, it just doesn't feel real. So it might, I might be still referencing stuff that's really happened, but it's not really me. If I was like genuinely standing on stage talking about my parents or something like that, it would be more difficult. But at the same time, it's not me. It's like a character of me talking about this quite dark thing, but also, again, I can laugh at it to take away its, its power. Um, yeah. yeah, no, so. I absolutely get that. Mm. So you, you talk about having sort of character on stage. Would you say you've sort of built up a persona for the stage? Uh, so yes and no. Like, it is still me. Like, I, I still, I'm still me up there. But you, I kind of, I guess you kind of put on this like comedy armor a little bit. So you're like, you know, I can talk about anything. I can joke about like, I just make lots of jokes about my girlfriend, and I have to tell her like, it's not actually you. Like, it's it's <laughs> the ideas come from you, and it's 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 based in the same premise, but. I'm not actually getting up there being like, you're this, you're horrible, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't make jokes like that anyway. But, um, you know, even if I was to, it's like, it's not real. It's just for comedy purposes. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I have persona. I'm trying to be more and more myself. But it's not like I'm, I think, like, oh, stage Dan and Dan are like two different people. <laughs> I just kind of think it's, I think it's me just with the comedy armor on, like 10 to 11 or something like that. Um. Because I think that's the best comedy anyway. Like, obviously, some character actors, uh, character comedians, and that are great and fun, and like that works amazingly. But I kind of like it when it's people who are genuinely, who seem like they're genuinely them on stage. Um, mm. And um, yeah, I'm talking about things which, you know, might have a one percent of truth in them, and then they've embellished it. Like we, you know yourself, like how many times mm. has, has something happened? And then you thought about like had a response like six weeks later and I'd be like, Oh, I should have said that. But then in comedy you can make it sound like you said it straight away. And then you left and then you got out of the situation at exactly the right time for comedy and stuff. Like you can make it you can make it all real, like you can make it all um line up the way you would like it to line up. So um yeah, I wouldn't say I have a persona. I think it's just you kind of have to give yourself some armor because otherwise, like if it goes badly, then you can be like people hate me <laughs> or something you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah do you have sort of favorite comedians or comedians that have influenced you um in your or in your in your comedy <laughs> um it's a hard question because honestly like there is there is a lot of comedians i really like and then you know you can go for all like people can go for all the classics like richard Pryor and all that stuff Recently, yep. and having just said what I've said about the person being a real person on stage, this might mm. be contradictory. But James A. Caster, <laughs> I just really, I really love James A. Caster. Um, and I do kind of feel like that is his character, but again, it turned up to like heights for comedy. Um, so, but I don't really think he influences me. I just found him really funny. Like, I wouldn't say I get up on stage and be like, I'm trying to be James A. Caster because it's not in the same. Mm. He's quite absurd with Disney and stuff. Um, Whereas I like to like tell stories, like it's narrative based. Um, so yeah, like, but he's the one that I always, I, I tend to watch. Obviously, the like, like Jimmy Carr and stuff, but again, he's one liners. Again, it's not in my, in my wheelhouse. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm still searching for that. Cause I come to like stand up comedy quite late. I mean, doing it, of course, quite late, but 
watching it was quite late for me as well because we didn't really watch stand comedy when I was younger. We watched like the Royal Variety performances and stuff, so you had like a little glimpse of people doing 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 stuff, but um, never like. No one would actually be like, I watched this page and I want to do comedy. Like, it's just not, it's not, that just isn't how to me at all. Like, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to watch more and get, get an influence. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> no, I think sometimes it's better that you don't have that influence over you. You're not constantly trying to be something that you're not. And I think that is better. And I think it allows you to grow further as a comedian. Yeah, I I would say that because, you know, you you don't you don't fall into the traps of oh it's just another for example James Daycaster but oh this person's just trying to be James Daycaster or this person's mm. just trying to be Stuart, Stuart Lee or trying to be Michael McIntyre or, 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 or you know it goes on and on because you can see where maybe when people start out they they will have that and then eventually they have to branch off away from it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's probably, it's probably good to have have like influences in in comedy but um I, honestly i would say mine comes more from like films and stuff i think my mm. influences come more from uh for example like the coen brothers and stuff like when they're they're, mm. they're writing in film because like, i i got into into writing and tv and film and stuff before i got into comedy so i think maybe it just comes from that like i used to read these scripts and laugh out loud at a script which is effectively just a blueprint of, of a film and you're like well this is amazing you know, and then Taika Waititi and, you know, Julian Clemens mm. and these type of people. Like, you're like, well, these are just genuinely funny people. Like, and, um, uh, so I think my, uh, my influence has come more from that than actual, like, stand-up itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite similar in that sense. You know, you mentioned Taika Waititi there and Julian Clement being a huge fan of them for years. And I think they really did sort of steer me into the direction of, of actually appreciating comedy for what it was. So I 100% appreciate what you're saying with that. Yeah. Definitely. So do you see comedy as a hobby or are you looking for it to become a career? But uh, honestly, I had to be a shitty answer both at the minute. Like I, yeah. I fully like, I fully like doing it now. And if the fairest I get is just whatever, you know, just going to do open spot um, uh, every, every night of the week. Fair enough. Fantastic. But I'm not, so I'll keep it as a hobby then, but in all honesty, I'm trying to make it into something else because mm. I really enjoy it. It doesn't seem, I mean, you know, it's it's quite difficult to get to the point where you can be paid and stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's like a million, million years, like years away. Like I, while I forget it might be 10 years or whatever, it doesn't feel an un, unachievable goal. Um, mm. Like, I, I think that's just because I really enjoy doing it. Like it's, it's one of the, like I said before, one of the only things I've done recently when I'm like actually I don't want to give this up I don't get like a, like a like a fatigue with it because it's always mm. changing and I think it's been said loads of times but it's like a little puzzle isn't it like when you have a joke or you have like a I call it like an earworm you're like you'll hear something and you'll be like that could be a joke that's quite funny but I'm not sure how to solve it yet and mm. I just think it's great when I'm sitting there like on the tram on the way to work just being like how can <laughs> I solve it and I get in a little notebook on I always worry when I get my notebook out because I'll write things that make sense to me. But it'll honestly, like, so one time fully, I was like, "Oh, like pedophile," and I wrote that on a, on in my notes on a on a busy track. <laughs> and I was like, "If anyone list anyone is reading on my shoulder, like I'd be like, what the hell's going on?'" Because it'd be like, 
and it'd be like you know the Beatles or something, and they'd be like, "What is this guy listening to?" Like, I don't know. <laughs> What's um, wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah, I, I I always get like a seat next to me though on the tram, which is great. So, <laughs> um, but no, like, <laughs> but no, I want to make it into something else. I'd be lying if I if I was if I was to say anything else because I just really enjoy it, and like I'm lucky enough where my day job just lets me do like normal hours and I can go like in the night time and do whatever I please and got quite a good support network around me like so my girlfriend's really like on board with it and stuff while she doesn't like comedy like, a lot herself so she, she's not going to come to many gigs she still like understands that I love it and I'm trying to do you know trying to do my best with it and again like I'm only put only five months in or whatever but I don't think who knows that's been another year and I'll be like I'm sick of it or something I don't know but right now I'm excited <laughs> like what I, I would I would love to try and make something out of it what, what what that looks like whatever that looks like I don't know, getting on live the Apollo or an arena tour or I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think I don't think it's that. I don't think let me just clarify, I don't think it's that. But but you know, like being able to like support myself from comedy would be amazing. So I'd love to do that. How do you find uh balancing work, life, comedy and all that? Because I find it so hard. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I was doing who I wasn't balancing it right uh, correctly when I, when we first started. So I was doing three nights in the week. And then one time I did like Saturday and Sunday. And my girlfriend was like, well, we haven't seen each other in ages. Like, it just feels like you're focusing more on that. And in truth, I was focusing more on that. And that wasn't fair. You know what I mean? So um, I guess it's just trial and error, isn't it? Like, been doing, like I say, trying to do three or four nights a, a week. We're, we all do running our own night now on a Wednesday. Which, which which fills my time a little bit more but um work balance has not been too bad because again it's i'm one of these people i'm nine to five and then as soon as five comes along i'm not thinking about where i'm not doing that. i used to be that person i used to take it home with me you know mm-hmm. got, you know you know you're thinking about it you're like oh i need to do this i need to do this and you're like well no like whilst i like my job they're not paying me to think about it at home why why why, why should i so I think it's. Yep. I think comedy has helped that as well. So I can be like, cool, end of the day, I'm done. Go and do comedy now. Um, and luckily, we're living in Edinburgh, um, so yep. it makes a big difference. Everything's so close, and uh, like I, all the gigs in Edinburgh that I go to are in walking distance of me. Um, Glasgow, I'd like to get across two more, and it's not impossible. It's just a, a bit of pain to get there and back, and it's getting back. That's the pain as well, to be honest. But, um, yeah. So apart from like, yeah, just having, I mean, I think I was trying to do it too much. Honestly, given given the chance and if it wasn't hurting or better than anything else, I'd do it seven nights a week just because I just like being out and socialising as well at the same time. Like it's like, yeah. obviously every now, every now and then you have like a beer or something when you're finished and stuff, so that's cool. Um, but even take that away, it's not just, I like being around these type of people and, um, you know, yeah, just being in those environments. And everyone's kind of there for the same reason. And Especially yeah. if like it's a gig where you're only getting like two or three audience members, there's kind of this like little support team of comedians. Like if, if something goes badly, then you then you and anyone who might be listening to this or who doesn't do comedy, you might think bombing is the worst thing. Dying on the stage is the most worst, the most horrible thing. And it's not nice. But the first time it happened to me, I walked off the stage, got to the back, and all the other comedians were like, "Oh no, don't worry about it. Like, it's a, it's a tough room." Like. Yeah, I, I died last week, or this happened, and stuff. You know, actually, whoa, whoa, this happens to 
most to most people. Like it's just, it's just like yeah, it takes it away. So um, yeah, I just like I like I like the, I like uh, the social side of it as well. So yeah, I think I'm all yeah. okay at the minute. Um, it's it's been a it's been a place though, and it's still let's see. Who knows? Again, ask me in a couple of months, and I might I might be like everything's all fired. <laughs> I can't, I haven't paid a bill in months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned sort of, uh, you kind of mentioned sort of comedy community. I think we felt very lucky in our group for the ultra oh. comedy that we got, that we did get oh, so, such yeah. a supportive group of people. Unbelievable. Have you found that outside of the group, people are still just as supportive or have you struggled a little bit with that? Well, so, so, Again, like you're right, in that ultra little comedy thing we did, um, everyone is so supportive and has remained supportive. So I think that was quite special in a way. Like we all yep. still have each other on WhatsApp, we all still converse a lot and, and support each other. Outside of that, there is um everyone most ninety nine percent of the people I met in comedy are really nice people. Obviously you're not gonna be best friends with everyone. But of um but like you do, like I've met other people in comedy where they have been as a support to be like, oh, he's doing a gig tonight, and then they'll come along and just watch him if they're not on and stuff. So there is a, there is a, there is a support community out there. Again, the ultra thing is like a little, hate it, like a little family. But, um, yeah. but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, it's so nice, like it's so nice, like it's nice to have that little bubble. Um, but um, in the in the wider comedy world, everyone's really nice. Obviously, everyone's got their own stuff going on and. You know, you'll see some people less. Obviously, you won't put talk to them as much. But when you do, like, say, "All right, mate, well done," or "You know, how's it going?" or, or whatever, then it's 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 nice. It's a, like it's like a nice environment. There's one or two people I've met where I personally don't get along with them, but doesn't that doesn't mean that they're not nice people? Um, that is what it is. Yeah, you can't so. get on with everyone. Well, that's it. And and honestly, like most of the people, honestly, ninety nine point nine percent probably have been unbelievable. Like. Some people are, you know, more just focused on themselves and, and focused on like, okay, cool, I, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that, and that's perfectly like reasonable job. Fair enough, it's 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 a vocation, a festival, like, go and do it, like smash it. But then most of the people I've met as well are like, you'll have a chat to them afterwards, having a beer, and they'll be like, oh, like what about this, or you know, on that bit that you were speaking about, why don't you try this? And and then it's like mm. a very like, I never expected that. I expected people to be like very uh protective over their own ideas to say if you had an idea yeah and i was like i've got my, my i've got a slightly better idea for that or well, i would say you know think of like i'd be like i'm gonna go keep it to myself rather than be like jody what about this you know what i mean like the, the phrase you can have that has been said so many times in conversations like oh yeah like, like i think that's great one of the biggest things i found is how collaborative it actually is yeah i really surprised me yeah, because it's one person standing on stage effectively most of the time. But yeah, it, it, you're right. It's so it's so collaborative, and, and um, sometimes it, sometimes it can be annoying because you think, oh, I've got a good set there, and then you come off, and one of your people, you know, be like, oh, what about this for the punchline? You'd be like, oh my god, it's so good. Like what? You, <laughs> that like, would have been so much better. better than, I know. It's better than ever I've written. Why couldn't Why couldn't I think of that? And well, you know, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's better. I think being collaborative is is the way that it should be. Yeah. I think, you know, if oh, if it was just my ideas all the time, that would be great. 
<laughs> but it's yeah. not going to work for everyone. Well, comedy is a, sh- a shared experience anyway, isn't it? Like listening to it, like being on stage, like you you have to talk about stuff that people connect with. Otherwise, they're just you're not going to get like big laughs and stuff because people have to be like, oh, I can imagine that. Oh, yeah, like you know, like they connect to it, they're, they're along with it. So comedy is a shared experience in that way. So why shouldn't why shouldn't it be when it comes to creating the comedy as well? You totally know, agree. I, I mean, I'm, there is some people probably out there that get stuff written for them all the time. Fair enough, but. Mm. What I'm talking about is just that, that little conversation happens within the pub. It's generally in the pub because usually we're both pubs. Always. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like just having, I mean, like, oh, I love that bit that you do about this. Um, and it not, sometimes it's not even like, what, try this as well. Sometimes it's just, it was an amazing bit. I love that bit. Like, you know, well done. Like, and the next time you see them, like, oh, I just couldn't wait to hear that bit again. Like, um, so it's supportive and creative yep. and stuff as well. So it's great. No, absolutely. Now listen, I'm going to have to wrap it up, but where can people watch you do comedy? Oh god. Um, so we run Old Cheeky on a Wednesday in the Waverley Bar in Edinburgh. Um, that's on most Wednesday nights, but if you follow us on Instagram at Old Cheeky Comedy, you'll see all the stuff there. Um, my Instagram, oh, I feel like such a whore. My Instagram is <laughs> the iconic Dan. <laughs> um, uh, don't ask where that comes from. It comes from like <laughs> years ago. Um, you can follow us there and then I will be around um, Edinburgh doing as much as possible we have a show at the Fringe as well uh, a bunch of us uh, called Five Mugs No Tea and that is the 15th to the 27th of August I think um, <laughs> at uh, Leaf Depot uh, join the Fringe um, so you can you can find us there as well Awesome, thank you so much for taking part in this No worries, thanks um, That's me done now, I'm going to stop recording Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Dan, for being part of that. Tune in next time and I'll probably have another one of my ultra comedy family.